The following conversation is intended for mature audiences only. Those under the age of 18 or without a sense of humor, listener discretion is advised. There are all sorts of ways in which we love to do this. to the mate dates a podcast with jay and bray back on the microphone once again brayden i downloaded and played call of duty warzone this week (laughs) (laughs) oh that's why you're depressed how far have i fallen from (laughs) from god's will (laughs) from god's graces i thought you're gonna as soon as i heard you say call of duty i thought you're gonna say um black ops cold war you know get on that juicy beta I have actually played some of that too. Have you have you checked that yeah. out? No, not at all. Uh, yeah, I, I've gone back back into prehistoric times and, and started playing my PS3 again in wow. preparation for the five, so I can pretend I'm making a bigger jump than I really am. But uh, smart. No, like how what, what's going on in the PS4 ecosystem? Because uh, I don't know about it. Well, so, uh, yeah, Call of Duty. It's still it's still a thing. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, yeah, no, it's yeah. like uh, I the, guess the gotta... fifth Black Ops, the fifth one, by the way, the right, fifth Black Ops. Right. Wait, was it Black Ops Four? Mm-hmm. When? That was the one with the battle royale. That was like two years ago. Oh yeah, two years. <laughs> so many. Okay, well, I think the last Black Ops game <laughs> I played was two. Um, <laughs> fuck it, even yeah, I definitely Jeez. played one and two. I have fond memories of that, but I guess uh, yeah, I guess it was a. Uh, partially nostalgia partially just opportunism because the beta is open uh call of duty black ops and and yeah i was just like i guess i was just curious about warzone because it's been out for so long and uh it literally is just call of duty but you know (laughs) battle royale um but they do have some other good modes too there's like uh you know another mode where you have to like do team team deathmatch and you sort of have to like get a bunch of money for your team and whoever has the most money at the end wins so I mean, look, for free-to-play yeah. games, it's pretty good. Because when I was a kid, all I had was yeah. combat arms. So, you know, as far as <laughs> free-to-play goes, you know, A+. And, uh, yeah, the Black Ops beta, um, you know, it, again, it's Call of Duty, isn't it? So, um, but I will say, they've gotten a lot more creative with the way that they do, like, um, you know, their multiplayer. It's not just, like, game modes, like Domination. They do have, like, uh, more dynamic instances. So there'll be, like, maps where there are certain like parts to it kind of like battlefield kind of like uh battlefront as well the the most recent battlefront game where there's you know clear stages to each level so it just makes it more interesting uh, you are just shooting and killing people at the end of the day yeah right right but it distracts from that right so like you shouldn't killing people but if the map's changing in the background and the weather's changing and the, the map's falling apart or something then that's pretty cool because it kind of takes your mind off the fact that you are really doing the same thing over and over again. But right. hey, I mean, each to their own. And and look, hey, so you skipped about two Black Ops games. Yes. And uh, yeah, is there any, like, as opposed to Black Ops 2, there would be a huge jump. 
that would be a lot different about right. five. Uh, yeah, it, what, it does. The, like where does the Cold jump. War come into it? I guess the biggest thing. I'm not actually sure if uh, the previous uh, CODs have done this, like Modern Warfare, the most recent one, I, which I think is the most recent one. I'm like so, so doubting my understanding. Well, of this honestly, um, the but, names don't really help. They they kept recycling <laughs> yeah, the names, and it, uh, it's so confusing. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Come on. Activism. Now we feel like we're 50 years old, and we're like, which one are we up to again? Black Ops 50. <laughs> Okay. When I was a boy. Um, but yeah, no, that that's right. Uh, I think the biggest thing was vehicles, right? Like, cause this is the Cold War aesthetic. So you've got tanks. I only played a few games, but yeah, tanks and little snow buggies um, in the multiplayer. So you had that in the campaign, of course, but now they've got vehicle. For a long time, Call of Duty resisted vehicle stuff because I think it was in World at War, if I remember correctly, COD 5. Um, and it was really good in that. But it seems like with all the modern... Uh, CODs that they've done, including Black Ops, they've just sort of resisted the vehicle stuff. They want to keep it to just kill streaks. But now, Black Ops Cold War, there's vehicles on the map that you can use in combat. And that really makes it more interesting because then the other team has to have some guys with rocket launchers to counter that. And it just makes it more, it just makes it more interesting. And I think, um, but at the end of the day, it's Call of Duty. You, you, you either get shot in the back or you see someone not looking at you and you kill them. And that's basically the whole game. Um, so there you go. Um, but I want to ask you, moving away from our Vigi games uh, discourse, uh, where we are with respect to the Rona, because of course we begun this show uh, in March, March, yeah, right, end of Feb, because of the Rona, and we are of course socially distancing, doing this conversation 25 kilometers apart, so that's good. Uh, and that's, uh... <laughs> Is it really? No, smaller than that. I think we're a little closer than that. Well, that's that's where we're at. For the isn't record, it? Victoria has finally uh, mm. changed its uh, lockdown restrictions. So, for those who don't know, uh, in other states or in other countries, um, Victoria's been essentially on stage four. I think lockdown is what they're calling it for since about like mid-August, I guess. And this is the first lifting of those restrictions. So. You can go further than five kilometers, uh, if you so dare. Uh, you, can, you can have, I think, ten people uh, outside in your house. Like, you can have ten people over, but you have to be outside, and they can only come from one household, so you can't have, you know, you're just going to have ten, pe- ten family members living next door or something. Um, so, yeah, I've got, and then hair salons and things like that. Um, so, yeah, what, what's, what's changing? Is anything changing on your end? Uh, pretty much same old. I mean, look, uh, I, I, I see a bit of uh, frustration brewing, especially with the AFL Grand Final coming up this weekend. We've got the public holiday, which kind of exasperates the frustrationness. Right. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, just yeah, so like, people don't realise, like, uh, the, the Grand Final barbecue, for someone <laughs> coming from me who's not even interested in AFL... Uh, that is a that is an Aussie thing. Yeah. It's a tradition. It's it's like so people, sporting Christmas. Yeah, you know, you see, <laughs> yeah, it's usually like the time of year yeah. you see extended family members and uh, yeah, have a nice feast. It's and, our Super Bowl. Put it that way. And yeah, right, right. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But yeah, and so like my mum wanted to organise and have a some people over, and she 
misunderstood the rules and <laughs> had to tell her, I don't oh. think that's quite legal, but oh. look, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to be a whistleblower, you know, <laughs> you do you. <laughs> but it is, it is kind of interesting to think about the fact that, yeah, we can't have people over and sitting outside, but we could do that legally if we're in a park. Right? Right. If we met somewhere halfway, we're in open air. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, it is what it is for the moment. And I feel like, yeah, especially with the AFL, they have to um, really just temper what they what we're allowed to do because people will right. just go overboard. And yeah, like, um, so it, it'll be the, the week after. If we're, our cases are still good, then um, yeah, we're looking good. But the thing is, right, like everyone has something bad to say about Dan Andrews. <laughs> and yeah. I don't think he's doing exactly like, that bad of a job and if you look at the cold hard facts you know our feelings and emotions aside uh, if you look at the statistics we are what we're, what he's doing what he's done is working um there's this uh this really interesting stat being tossed around that at our peak in victoria of about 725 cases a day mm. Uh, at the same time, the UK was experiencing about 800 cases a day. Right. And now, now we we have about one or two cases a day. Meanwhile, the UK has about 16,000 cases a day. Wow. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that really tells you a lot, doesn't it? No, you're Just right. And um, th- it, it, it's really uh, like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, right? <laughs> uh, because it's like... So I feel I think the one thing you could say at this point is maybe that the frivolousness in which we deploy a lockdown I mean it should be a very serious thing right to do because I think we have and for this long as well and it also seems like you know this was all done as a preemptive measure because our understanding of what the virus was was different we thought it was going to be well we didn't know so we had to assume the worst uh but it's gotten to a point where we know it's not as deadly as we thought and i think that i i think if one criticism would land it would be that like maybe our government has been slow to respond in terms of uh, balancing the deadliness of the virus with the economic and psychological consequences of locking people five kilometers in their home, right? In, in terms of like uh, jailing people, um, and that's and I mean it sounds dramatic, but that's really what it is, right? That's what it is. Um, uh, now, if we do that in the effort uh, with the with the you know intention of public safety, then you know that's fine, no problem. But there really is a criticism, maybe that there was uh, it, it was uh, perhaps an overreaction and. It's an overreaction that's been doubled down and tripled down. And I think maybe I'm with you. I mostly agree with how it's been handled. I don't like the Sky News. And we're going to get into a bit of Murdoch Media Matters today. So stay tuned after the break for that. But um, Triple M for you. Yeah, your boy Murdoch coming at you. Um, I don't like the hostile environment of, of media that we're in where you know he has been it's a completely thankless job right regardless of what you think of him he is doing a job that is utterly (laughs) like um just just 
frustrating and thankless and and no one's going to you know really see what's going on behind the scenes they're all, everyone's going to make their own assumptions aren't they but i think what's going to be interesting and, and what do you think of this you know if we start to see numbers climb up again can they go back to five kilometers stage four lockdown is that even possible like because it seems like from yeah. my point of view people are just exhausted like you cannot even if numbers started exponentially climbing i don't yeah. think they have the political will to command us to do it i don't they could but i don't think i think you would suffer you know the polls and all the measures by which we grade these people um what do you think of that do you think you could pull it off again uh, or do you think uh, we just have to suffer through whatever happens next honestly it seriously worries me uh yeah i i would be in the camp where it's like well you know history tells us that when we saw these kinds of cases we should do that and it works right like clearly but at what cost? And the cost yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, it's very psychologically damaging. People are exhausted. It's definitely prevalent. And if you can't see that, you're probably living under a rock, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, you yeah. probably don't talk to many people. And yeah. maybe you're really optimistic. So, or maybe you've just gone you, but... so you've gone so online <laughs> that you've just left. Yeah, all all human physical relations. You're like, I am just my avatar. I am. Yeah. A, I am my first. And look, owner. Ma- ma- maybe, maybe that guy is just super Buddha. You know, he's he's reached yeah. his Buddha nature, and, yeah. and it's all yeah, it's all good, good for him, him. Yeah, or right. her. Um, but yeah, in in as a whole, no, yeah, I definitely agree. They don't. I don't think you could do it again, and that's why right now, uh, seeing one case a day, and today I think especially it was like one case, but that one case is a. Uh, uh, a, a Victorian that's quarantining interstate from traveling elsewhere. So it's right. like, oh, that doesn't even really relate to us, right? right. So um, a lot of people are becoming complacent, and I think now more than ever is the time to be uh, sticking to what we've been done, what we've been doing for the past eight months, and right. just see see Danny's plan through. You know, we're almost there. By 2021, if we've followed what uh, Daddy Dan has said. The entire entire time, Daddy. <laughs> then, then okay, like yes, it, anarchy in the streets. If he tries to put us into stage four, stage five, you know, if that happens again, and we have like a little teaser of freedom, I think that'd be the worst part. Those would yeah. be the the uh, recipe for destruction and just chaos. Uh, because yeah, I definitely agree with what you said. People are exhausted, and I reckon they're just willing to do whatever to get their rights back right uh, yeah it does seem like that it seems like um i mean it feels like it's just melted everyone's brains right <laughs> like so you know Ooh. like it, i've never seen more conspiracy quote-unquote like theories being discussed including about our government right so like the idea that he's doing this for some cynical reason or he's doing this because he's a communist or he's doing this because like like he just, the list goes on or he's, or he's doing this because you know he's trying to uh you know there's this whole conspiracy like like the new world orders uh deployed the virus to get us all in our homes to make us all scared to put us all on like uh a universal basic income so that we become slaves to them oh uh, you okay. know it's just like it's endless because it's melted everyone's brain and um understandably right (laughs) understandably Uh, exhibit a and b over here yeah there you go (laughs) no yeah exactly like and it shouldn't come as any surprise i guess that um 
that this is what human beings are going to get up to. I mean, we're, we're freaking apes. Like, what do you expect if we just, uh, you know, I mean, it's like, as you said, like, I am very sympathetic to him. Um, not because I am like some, uh, authoritarian lefty, uh, who has to be loyal to the dear leader. No, because he actually does have a very difficult job and he's, and I actually agree with the reasoning that we're in a unique position in Australia, in Victoria rather, where if we get the numbers down to zero, a steady state of zero, the transmission rate will remain there. And, um, you know, if we look back on this, if we look back on 2020, um, from 2021, 2022, 2023, and we don't have 100,000 cases like the US in Victoria, I think we're going to be looking back and when Danny's, you know, gone to fucking Alaska yeah. when he's just been like, peace out, I'm done with you fucking... Yeah. yeah. And then we'll be like, oh, mate, wait, didn't he do a good job because our cases are so low? So, you know... Yeah, he'll be in the Hall of Fames and stuff. And Possibly, yeah. Possibly. If, I definitely if agree. Works, if it works, right? But but maybe, you know, there is the mm. idea that it just takes one person to slip in and <laughs> we're back to, uh, you know, herd immunity not being as good as somewhere like Sweden or the UK or the US because we've just been mm. better at containing because of our lack of herd immunity, it would become a problem, right? So you, you kind of have... To, it's a weird thing, because it's like, do you have to be... That's an interesting vigilant, argument, yeah. vigilant forever? Like, what's like... How do you... Yeah, is it like... Because at some point, like, the chicken pox was like, well, you know, if if we're going to get it at all, we should just get it when we're young so that it doesn't fuck us up later in life. Uh, so, yeah, like, how should we be looking at this virus? Because there's so many different conditions where some of them we want, some of them we don't want at all. And then... This one's just super ambiguous because it's just never come by before. Or I think the like even just as a global on a global view, mm. we have the ability and the privilege to look at other countries and how they're dealing with it. So we can look across the seas to our cousins over in New Zealand and see that when it does hit zero for a long time, right. you could have concerts. Uh, you can, getting yeah, you getting shit. one or two cases. Yeah is cause for alarm and then so action can be taken upon that but um yeah if you're in the unfortunate situation of the u.s you kind of just have to surrender or succumb to the virus because kind of getting those cases down to zero just seems like such a, a sisyphus kind of battle right yeah <laughs> yeah no, <laughs> pushing is, that boulder uh, up the hill it's 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 sisyphean for sure yeah pushing that pushing that up uh let's stop <laughs> No, because that's it, right? And and the U.S. is in a, a unique circumstance where, I suppose Europe is too, uh, but the U.S. more so because it's a united country for now, um, where, you know, even if you're doing really well in California and you're locked down, your buddy Florida, you know, doesn't give a fuck. And they're, they're, open, yeah. as, they're open as hell. Texas doesn't give a fuck. And so, yeah. you know, they still allow interstate travel, so... Uh, it's it, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm much, I'm much gr more grateful to be over here, um, where the the worst criticism you could level is maybe we're overreacting. I'm I, that, that that's yeah, a, right. That's a good criticism, <laughs> like you know. Um, and, uh, so what what do you think about this one then? Like uh, people say, well, we have uh, about the same amount of cases a day as New South Wales, but they don't have any restrictions like we do. Any, I don't think any other state in Australia is mandatory to wear masks except for us. And you can see that when you look at the AFL games, just from my personal experience, uh, looking in over in Adelaide or Queensland or Western Australia, whenever you see the crowd there, they're not social distancing. 
they're not wearing masks. And if they are, they're wearing it around their chins. So it's really not enforced there. No one gives a shit. And it does seem like, hey, we're being strapped up. Maybe it's the mask to make us shut up. It's harder to hear. <laughs> and then and then there's this lady at work who says, oh, well, it's you don't get enough oxygen to your brain, so they're making you dumb that way. <laughs> Which is kind of good because when that. you slip up, she says, wait, you're not getting enough oxygen, darling. You're all right. <laughs> I can't blame you. You just need to have an, have some O2. Um, <clears throat> yeah, as you say, you have the mask truth, truthers um, <laughs> who want to, to demonise the... Uh, look, it's uncomfortable. Like, yeah. yeah, everyone gets that. But the idea that you wouldn't wear it, like, because you don't think they work or... I don't know. It just seems like... Why would you not take every precaution you could? Like, that just seems like the basic argument that these mask truthers... I don't understand it. Why would you not take the precaution? Can you genuinely not breathe with a mask on? Well, maybe you need to, I don't know, meditate and like figure out why your breath is so shallow in the first place. Maybe you need to go to the hospital. Like, I don't know. Um, Bloody mouth breathers. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be a reason, right? Um, yeah, possibly, yeah. I mean... No, I can see that. You know, but that's, that's an interesting question because it, we should look to the future and how do we change and how do we come back because... This time isolated has changed us for the for better or for worse. But to focus on those changes is to take a very pragmatic approach to the future, right? And so one thing that's definitely changed about us all is that it's turned us all into germaphobes. You know, I'd I'd hate to be a germaphobe before this because those symptoms have definitely been amplified, right? Um, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I don't think anyone would want to catch the train. Um, they would have to be certified or certifi- certifiably sanitized and um, maybe they got to change where the seats are positioned so that it get some double-decker trains. Maybe it's time for that, right? Sydney's always had them. Right, right. Put maybe, more space um, on them. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it seems like until there's a vaccine or something, um, mm. you know, it's going to be tough. But, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I mean, you've got to make people take it as well. So that's its own can of worms. Uh, but given the way Dan's handled this, it seems like he'll just be fucking busting down doors and strapping you in and fucking putting that needle in your neck, whether you like it or not. <laughs> You're getting vaccinated, motherfucker. Uh, given how he's handled it so far, and I'm fine with that. Let's bring it on, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, until you hear conspiracy theories about that. and People fleeing the state saying, I'm not going to be brainwashed. <laughs> You'll never get me. You're not going to give me autism. <laughs> <laughs> Friggin' frogs. Uh, okay. Uh, Let's frogs. take a break. <laughs> Thank you.
Who's Rupert Murdoch again? Uh, he's Why a cool guy. Uh, he's like 100 years old. Uh, he rules uh, the entire media in Australia, <laughs> essentially. Oh. Um, and he's a just he's just a cool guy. You know, he's got um, he's got wrinkles. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he has everyone's best interest at heart. Everyone's best interest at heart. He's a he's just a good, sincere guy. Um, he, he's, no, the, he's the reason he's the person we can point to when we when we go oh the government's doing a good job here right that's right that's right um famously uh started fox uh so he's our perhaps our worst export uh, ever to come out of australia <laughs> started fox <laughs> news started the modern news environment which was uh unredeemably, unredeemably hostile at every point for no reason um, and totally team sport-esque in its reporting. Um, Fox News was, uh, you know, in the early 2000s, they really kicked that off. So hats off. Um, and it got them a lot of views, got them a lot of ratings. People like to see Bill O'Reilly fucking telling the libtards what's up. Um, and so Rupert Murdoch, also responsible for large chunks of the Australian media, including News Corp, um, Channel 9, I think a few other channels. I mean, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, it's one? a lot. All the Fox yeah. Network, Foxtel. Um, and to give a little background, our ex-Prime Minister, um, I would argue perhaps our best in recent memory, Kevin Rudd, um, has gone on his own crusade, to put it lightly, um, and essentially has started the hashtag... Uh, on Twitter and in other places where hashtags are available. Uh, Mur- Murdoch Royal Commission is the hashtag. So put it out there. If you're a, if you're a fan of the show, if you're a fan it, of us... Honestly, if I had to critique, it should it be snappier. There. Like what? It should be make Murdoch pay. Ah, like, <laughs> that's good. That's actually good. Something though. like that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Murdoch Royal Commission. How are the youngins going to get on that? That's you true, know? but it has, it has got done pretty well. I think... Uh, Hopefully, no, it's true. I mean, let's just talk about the prospects of that. I mean, a royal commission, uh, for those who don't know, in Australian politics, it's kind of like, uh, I guess maybe the US analogue is like a Senate inquiry or something. Um, so it's it's the highest legal investigation that can be done in with respect to uh, businesses. And so famously, uh, less than, I think, five or so years ago, we had a royal commission into the uh, churches and how they were, uh, you know, molesting children. Uh, but that's what a Royal Commission does. It investigates, it figures out, it turns over every stone, it figures out what's going on. And a, a, a Royal Commission into Murdoch Media would be, I think, a great use of taxpayers' money. It would be uh, it would be a service to the public discourse, to the public square. Frankly, the Murdoch Media empire has gotten away with fucking nonsense for so long, and anyone who's paid attention to the media has, has is aware of that um i mean it, quite infamously uh one of the murdoch papers in the uk um i think this is going back maybe 10 or so years now but it was called news of the world uh, stop me if you've heard of this scandal um apparently one of the editors for that magazine and this was a murdoch paper uh they hacked into i can't remember the, the specifics so apologies if i'm butchering it a little but they hacked into the phone of a dead girl to get like her father's texts or something to her and this was like a scandal that blew up because you know obviously journalistically that's fucking horrific you know you can't you can't get information like that and and report it that's totally unethical uh but of course uh this is what 
the Murdoch Empire does. It 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 traffics in falsehoods and partial truths to push a narrative that is politically advantageous to one side. And that's obvious, right? Kevin Rudd experienced that when he was Prime Minister. And I actually I love the fact that he's talking openly about this being a problem and needing to address it. So I don't know, what's your what's your take on the uh the Murdoch madness? The make Murdoch pay. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> make Murdoch fail again. <laughs> there's so many, uh, yeah, there's so, so many M's you can really run with that, I think. The oh, yeah. Murdoch Mafia, I like that. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, that's what it, that's what was pointed out in the Friendly Geordies interview with uh, Kevin Rudd and how he mainly operates like a mafia boss, you know? Right. He'll just, like, kind of give the signal and go off with his head. He's like some kind of gladiator, no, like a um, Roman leader uh at the gladiator coliseums and stuff so i mean yeah what do i make of it all like it's scary like just to kind of sum it up i think this is a really great thing that kevin rudd is doing years after being pm you know it's probably like seven pms ago at this point but um only seven years ago and yeah it's it's amazing because a lot of the time with pms uh when they kind of go past their their run in the office they fall off the radar very suddenly yeah and you just assume that they're living out their days in hawaii or christmas island or something right um the fact that rudd still has a very big vested interest in in helping the commonality of the Australian you know lifestyle and is amazing it's really good and kudos to him and you know I think that the thing that gets lost on a lot of people is that it's like and the thing that get that is the most scariest to me is that you don't know about it and that's kind of the, the mafia-esque uh, happenings of this all because because of the sheer amount of power and money that Rupert Murdoch owns and has control of, he's able to, uh, he's able to curb what you think and what you are angry about. And, <laughs> yeah, that's it, eh? And it's like, oh... But what about if we we want to be angry at him? No, no, no. He doesn't want that. <laughs> so it's like, it's it's like what he wants, he gets, and that's it's scary as well because I mean this is the ugly side of capitalism, isn't it? Right, not? right. This is where money really speaks, and 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 for the common person, the ninety nine percent of Australians who vote uh, don't consciously vote for this guy. No it's one, just no, like no, it's li- just yeah, literally, just so no happens one votes that. For him. Yeah. Yeah. No one, no one puts a crown on his head every three years and uh, by public majority and says, we trust you to shepherd our information honestly and truthfully. No, that's exactly right. He just has right. a bunch of fucking money, um, the wrinkly old bag of shit. And the, it, what's hilarious is that, like, our Royal, yeah, a Royal Commission would fix this, right? We, we would actually be able to unturn these stones and see how the, uh, the sausage is made, so to speak. And, uh, and, and and it's what you're saying about Rudd. I totally agree with. It's like he has this. Uh, I don't know what to call it. This like special little thing that like politicians uh, seem to elude them at every 
point of their career. Uh, it's called sincerity. <laughs> it's like he actually cares. Like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, and that's obvious if you watch the uh, the magnificent three part documentary by the ABC um, on the Rudd president uh, prime minister. Oh, Jesus, how U.S. my brain has gotten. Um, all, this, all this demented election stuff. Americanized. Um, yeah, I know. Jesus Christ. Um, but yes, watch that three-part documentary on the Rudd Prime Minister era because it's it's fascinating to see yeah. how that played out because quite infamously, that was one of the first modern political assassinations uh, that we had in terms of... And, and of course, it started a tra- chain reaction which eventually impacted Abbott and Turnbull um, in their respective terms as well and so you know let me let me just uh clarify what i said earlier so that this news of the world thing it actually was far worse than i thought it wasn't just one instance of hacking into a phone this is from the wikipedia entry called uh news international phone hacking scandal right this is what they did this is in 2005 to 2007 Investigations conducted appeared to show that the paper's phone hacking activities were limited to celebrities, politicians, members of the British royal family, and in July 2011, it was revealed that the phones of murdered schoolgirl Millie Millie Dowler, relatives of deceased British soldiers, and the victims of the 7 July 2005 London bombings had also been hacked. So they would systematically hack into dead people's phones for information. Like, this is the guy... That is that is in command of all of our news at the moment, right? So that's exactly right what you said. It's it's scary in that sense, but it's even scarier if you don't know all this meta information about how the news is uh, created, right? As you said, if you're just a person who um, reads Sky News from time to time because you try to balance out what you're getting from ABC <laughs> and you want to be, like, uh, reasonable, you want to try and, like, balance your your uh your understanding you don't want to be biased right we none of us want to be biased we want yeah. to try and we want to try and understand what's going on in the world and you know maybe you look to sky news for the alternative view or fox news for the alternative view and that's okay but the problem is is that they're conducting their own narrative that they especially with sky news i mean the whole <clears throat> dan demick era of reporting on what he's doing as if we are just like a uh a skip and a jump from tyranny is like it's just so crazy <laughs> and of course it is masking broader interests and look if you want to really look into the corruption here the biggest obvious ones are climate change right like why does uh and that's what that's famously what rudd had to uh fight over in his cabinet at the, the national energy guarantee when he was prime minister he, his commitment to that caused murdoch to fucking hate him and like and run a bunch of stories about how it's going to waste the economy because of course coal interests are embedded in the murdoch papers and the murdoch news corporation and the other thing that really ticked uh that grinded uh that old bag's gears was the nbn and and rudd actually said in that geordie's interview which was very very interesting he actually said i had no idea that i was going to be stepping on the toes of of this he didn't uh, even know what netflix was he didn't even know what netflix was he admitted <laughs> and in in what 2013 we didn't have netflix in australia no like, no he was just all about power to the people right like that that's kind of where it was well, no, he, well, where it was he coming was interested from. in upgrading australia's infrastructure because he cares about <laughs> australian people whereas <laughs> the, other guy, the other guy uh fucking batty murdoch is just like Nah, I want people to pay two hundred dollars a month for some shitty Foxtel package that doesn't even give them all the channels. 
It still has ads in it. Still, oh, you know, it doesn't oh. respect you as a consumer. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, 100%. that's it. And and it's the monopoly part of it too, right? Like that, he doesn't want any, another Foxtel to come up and take it, steal his thunder. Um, that would be the worst thing. So, yeah, it's but that's, just but that's the whole point. The capitalism. I think the whole look, point is that we're supposed to have rules that guard against these, as you say, this monopoly. But it is a monopoly, and mm. it's a it's a monopoly in the worst area, which is our sense making, our news, our ability mm. to comprehend <laughs> what is real. And if you have that area of the information stream corrupted, it's like, well, what are we supposed to do? We have to go to alternative people. We have to go to, you know, the ABC would be the most reliable, but even they get shit wrong. Even they have their agenda from time to time. So. You know, but it's but it's totally yeah. an incorrect comparison to say that the ABC are anywhere close to as egregious in their misreporting and partial truthing uh, when compared to Murdoch. Right? Murdoch is orders of magnitude worse, but ABC certainly do have their fun, of course, from time to time. Um, so I think uh, if there is a royal commission, you get my vote, hundred percent. Even if the coalition say that. Uh, if you elect us, we'll do a. We'll do a. Uh, they never will because they are totally, they are totally <laughs> servile to his empire. Um, but if they did, I would say that is that that would win my vote. One hundred percent, that would win my vote because this is just a long time coming. So I really hope this happens. I really do. I think this would be great for the country. It'd be great for our journalistic uh, practice. It'd be great for just getting people excited about good journalism. Like. Like, no one even has faith in journalists that they're even remotely telling the truth. We basically equate journalists to influencer now, where it's like, you're just a guy with a camera. I could turn on my camera and start talking. Anyone can do that. But a journalist is supposed to be, you know, careful, truthful, objective. Um, And if you're not those things, you're not a journalist, in my view. So, uh, you know, do you see this as actually going to be even possible? And if it does happen, what's your thoughts? Do you think... uh, Ultimately, is it going to be good to watch the Empire crumble if it does? Or is that going to leave a power vacuum that, uh, I don't know, Rudd fills with his own nonsense or, you know? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. It, that's that's the ultimate uh, yeah, yeah. conspiracy. Yeah. Rudd wants to topple over Murdoch oh, so that yeah, he can baby. take the seat. He's coming. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's very interesting to think about what that looks like. What does it look like with Murdoch out of the picture? Or, yeah, and like any kind of heir that doesn't take over from him. Like, surely Murdoch has a million wills uh, put in place so that if he does yeah, die, if he yeah. does get toppled over, there are checks and balances or contingencies in place so that the empire doesn't just crumble uh, from one single Jenga block, right? So, um, yeah, it does make you wonder. But the thing is, with with the Royal Commission, with this whole initiative, it seems to be the right step in the right direction. You know, it's the. Fir- it, I hope it's the first block to fall from this massive wall that has been created and and carefully concocted over the the decades, right? right. Um, and well, look, I can it, see it needs to happen though, like because it, we're not yeah. gonna, like seriously, like Malcolm Turnbull was usurped because of his commitment to green energy. Like for all of Turnbull's faults, and you, I'm sure people who don't like him can come up with many. He was absolutely clear about his commitment to clean energy. That was one of his things that he would not compromise with the uh, the libtards. Yeah, the, the libtards and, and that's not being, the thing. 
the left here, the libtards in our country, no. are the right. So he's not, originally he's, they were the left. Originally, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> they um, slowly and, changed and, their and ways. That got him. That got him usurped because the coal lobby is so significant in our news media that they just concoct all these bizarre stories about oh well we can't afford it or like blah blah. They just come up with endless excuses for why we have to stay on destructive fossil fuels um and forever and, yeah and we have they, to transition at a snail's pace unless the world explodes right like and it's just it's just a fiction yeah, it's just yeah. a complete lie i mean when it comes to that it really makes me hope that the states get more power than the federal and maybe hopefully well, um, yeah yeah, yeah victoria could just become its own i mean hats country, off to south australia because then it, Right, they got they got yeah. a battery. They got Elon Musk built a fucking whole thing well, there. Uh, hands up, hands hats off to Elon Musk. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but South Australia but, has as as a state government has actually consciously done a lot for renewable energy. So when I was living there, when we had that blackout, that's why they got a bunch of shit because they had invested a lot in clean energy, and that was partially a cause of the blackout because there wasn't the same reliable. Um, the coal, right? So that's the idea is that like if we start transitioning yeah. and we have these blackouts or we have, you know, California is having its own issues with that now where because of the, it, it basically makes the power grid unsustainable for a period of time when you're transitioning off that energy. But the argument that we have to stay on coal because it's too dangerous to transition, it's like, okay, well, so we'll just blow up the planet. Like, that's great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But what, what do you think about that? Because yeah. you've been reading some interesting stuff on climate change. Um, do you think that it is as urgent as I'm making it out? And if it's not as urgent, um, you know, what's the idea that like we can just stay on coal for, for longer than, for, for as long as Murdoch likes? I mean, um, I'm not trying to be hysterical because I, I'm aware that part of the problem here is that people are hysterical about climate change and that's a problem. Um, but it is an existential thing, right? Like it's about the... It's about the sacredness of our planet being able to sustain life. And if we fuck with that, like, well, then we're going to get what we deserve, right? Like, for sure. The planet would just, you know, shake us off like we ain't shit. Um, so what oh, do you think yeah, about I, mean, I don't know. So you're relating to uh, the book I mentioned that I'd started. I admittedly haven't really continued with that. But still, climate change is, is a topic that I, um, uh, I tackle with, I wrestle with, right? So... Um, when it comes to, yes, being too alarmist, you get, you get, uh, the bad side, the ugly side where it, in the form of the extinction rebellion, maybe people right, have heard yeah, of yeah, this, yeah. this group, right? And so they've kind of taken climate change into their own hands and, and started to Even the advocate is, is in, a, good. in a very, very <laughs> egregious and just, um, obtrusive way, right? Um, and, and creating more pollution in the process. Right. Uh, so, you know, and you, the, I think the most fascinating thing is no matter who you talk to, uh, climate scientist, uh, environmental advocate, uh, for however many years, you know, you, the famous one, David Attenborough, he has a he has a recent documentary I right. haven't seen yet, but apparently yeah. he basically breaks down and cries because he's 94 years old and he says his ho entire life he's only seen destruction to the planet, <laughs> which is very scary, but it's also just one person's view, right? And it's right. also just one generation's view. And I think in order to 
take any realistic approach to fixing the planet, we have to look at the bigger picture and look at the fact that uh, the planet can actually heal itself quite well. Um, given the right time and space and precautions, I'm sure COVID's done a number to it, done a, done a good number to it, right? Uh, in the sense that less people are, are driving their cars, less people are polluting and making home-cooked meals. And uh, so it's, it's the little things and it's not like, you know, you start, you just uh, exclude plastic straws out of your life and you're going to see <laughs> the turtles or come back to life or whatever. Yeah. It's not like that because apparently the plastic straws only accumulated to under 1% of yeah. uh, the entire sea pol- uh, pollution or, or litter right. and stuff. So, um, and like in, in the latest Cosmos epi- uh, episodes, uh, there's a, a thing with the mushrooms and how they can send their nutrients to others. And, and look, that just gives me hope that... Uh, we just need to be planting more and to just respect nature. And I think it comes down right. to a systematic thing, honestly. It's a systematic thing in terms of, of changing the way we view our capitalist society. I think right. that is at the crux of uh, a lot of our issues. And right. the fact that, yes, uh, Murdoch would be very much involved with this with as well with Gina Reinhart. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, just, and, and the government, right? Yeah. And the government as well, because... It's only worried about increasing the GDP, increasing right. the economy. You know, that's all that really matters. Progress, progress, progress. But to what end and to what cost? To what and end, maybe yeah. we should, maybe we should uh, reconsider what progress really means. Maybe progress is is focusing more on being happy and and more satisfied with life rather than how many hours did you work, how much money's in the bank, right? And uh, how much can we produce in one year? So there's so many sides to this uh, to this four-dimensional shape, really. Yeah, no, that's uh, true. There's lots of uh, yeah. there's lots of chess going on. Um, but yeah, I like yeah. the way you said that because, you know, like totally, it is the case that um, we need like the the systemic changes uh, are absolutely unavoidable because it's not us, right? I mean we're a part of the system where if I, you know, buy an iPhone, um, that iPhone had to like the, you know, I don't know the intricacies of it, but I know that some probably African child had to dig up the crystals to make the computer quantum thing. I don't know. Like I, I know this is happening, right? So, uh, I love you. I love how you brought in Apple. <laughs> yeah. You got it, mate. You got to get yeah, the no. jobs in there. But, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, like we're a part of a system, and the system has to change. That's that's unavoidable. And the idea that we're going to fix climate change by just yeah stopping using straws is fucking crazy. Um, and I, I learned this the other the other month actually that apparently the first ever energy calculator that was put online, so like you know like one of these um, self calculating energy carbon emission things where you would say like oh yeah i use my fridge i um use my heater i use you know all this stuff you tick a bunch of boxes and it tells you your energy your carbon output one of the first ever calculators that were des- that was designed was made by bp oh. <laughs> so what they what they the, essentially the strategy uh. of these companies has been let's and this is the, and as you say that that you mentioned in capitalism might irk some people who are uh, aversive to socialist uh, or anti-communist arguments, perhaps. Something. But yeah. 
you have to bring it up because one of the major <laughs> shortcomings of what this modern like you, you could call it modern capitalism like capitalism gone awry one of the consequences of this modern form of capitalism is that it doesn't account for external ex- externalities it doesn't account for the fact that in producing coal there is the externality of the planet's climate becoming warmer and instead of dealing with that externality within the system of capitalism itself and spending money to fix that problem, they externalize the harm onto us. And so we have to do our own energy calculators and stop driving our cars and stop using our fridges. It's like that is a drop in the fucking bucket compared to BP spilling a bunch of oil, which is still spilling, by the way, in the ocean. Um, it's like, no, th- yeah, we absolutely need systemic change. And that's never going to happen with a guy like Murdoch who's playing goalie the whole time, right? For these fucking companies. Um, so I absolutely agree. And it's, it's, this is one of the only few things that I think politically I am totally certain of. And I, I have no, I'm, I'm much less nuanced about this because I think it's just so clear. Like, it's so clear what's corrupt. It's so clear what needs to happen. And the only reason it hasn't is because of people like Murdoch who stand in between us and our and our ne- and our necessary energy innovation that that could easily happen. I mean, we live in Australia. It's one of the one of the most biggest countries in terms of population. We have very small population compared to the the, the size of the country, and we have so much sun. We have so much natural energy. Yeah, we could potential. There's so much potential there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. exactly. Uh, I, it's times like these that I wish the Phantom Thieves were real, you know, from Persona Five. I would, I, I think, I would think that Rupert Murdoch would be the final boss. Change his heart. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta change, change his, heart. his heart, baby. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, what would, what would get him to confess? Like? You got like Gina uh, Reinhardt. Yeah, isn't that interesting? <laughs> uh, Gina Reinhardt. Yeah, no, she's like uh, uh, one of his favorite <laughs> servants or something. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. yeah. That'd be so interesting. What would his palace look like? He would probably view Australia as like his place to take from yeah uh, it's like australia is like the shape of his toilet he just sits on it it takes a massive shit <laughs> wow pretty much and it's like it's a it's a toilet that he can mold it's yeah. got the bidet it's got you know all, <laughs> all yeah. those features it's got the bidet exactly yeah <laughs> it's got maximum but yeah, comfort hey, i think I think a lot of people, you know, playing devil's advocate, uh, oh, yeah. we're being too alarmist here. We're being, you know, uh, royal commission, that's a bit extreme. But you got to think of it like, you know, these people are probably thinking, well, I don't um, I don't I don't watch Sky News. I don't I don't uh, you know, follow Mur- Murdoch. I don't even know who he is. And right. it's like, well, okay, let's talk about it. Maybe Maybe you do in a roundabout way. Inadvertently, I think you're very familiar with Murdoch because uh, his tentacles are in everything, right? And <laughs> he's, like a, um, he's like a hentai monster, yeah. Yeah. But wait, See, so, so wait, how many it, people? I'm, I'm curious. You said that because, like, it, I feel like uh, I feel like everyone knows who he is, but I, c- I could be yeah. like, do you know people that kind of like, yeah, that they're not aware of his influence or? Because I feel like um, I feel like he's kind of a household I, name. Is he? Is he not? I think it's a household name, but I think his reach is underestimated. He's definitely in the shadows. Yeah, he likes it though. Yeah, well, that's it, and then that's what that touches on my point before, where he's able to cover up his tracks. Yeah, he leaves no evidence. So the reason you, a lot of people might be angry at Dan Andrews might be the reason. Uh, might might yeah, might, all signs might point to Murdoch or oh, whatever. Yeah. And I think it's it, it's so obvious too because. 
I don't. I don't know about you, but I don't watch Sky News. The only uh, kind of interaction I have with it, even though I'm very interested in what they have to say, uh, the only like real exposure I have to Sky News is when I go on YouTube and yes. I see the breaking news section. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm going at here. Dan Demick has another blunder. Yeah, like <laughs> you go through the the thumbnails, right? Yeah. And even just the yeah, thumbnails yeah, paint yeah, such yeah. an interesting picture. Like yeah. you know, Dan's like He's in the uh, shadows. three more weeks and we're out. He's in the shadows, and yeah, it's it's all very. It's all done on a subconscious level, yes. you know. Murdoch is manipulating the way that you think, and you're not even aware of it. And I think that's a that's the case for a lot of people, and that's why True. Uh, not enough pot stirring has been done until now with Rudd. Right. So, and I think um, if there was a royal commission, you'd think that um, the the even what they would uncover would be alarming, because like what we're saying. Like, yeah, exactly right. Like, what we're saying, we're alleging essentially that he just concocts his own narratives and then finds partial truths to fit them, which is what he does. Um, but it's hard to prove that, right? It's hard to, it's hard to, I guess, make the, the, the legal case that he is doing that on a systemic level. But a royal commission could reveal that, and if that journalistic malpractice was out in the open and very clear to the public, then maybe there'd be a different attitude even you know, even worse, like he's already like scum, I think to every, it's, it's funny. Like, uh, I don't think Kevin Rudd said this, but I think like a Murdoch Royal Commission is one of the most bipartisan issues you're going to get in Australia. Like everyone agrees that this guy is a fucking piece of shit. And I think a Royal Commission, uh, you could get a lot of labor liberal. doesn't matter where you are. Yeah. Rupert Murdoch, I think is hated by, by the majority of Australians. And so hopefully this happens. Hopefully, uh, we can actually figure out how the sausage is made, and that would be great. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else to? Add I, I guess, I guess part of the the devil's advocate as well is like, well, it's Rudd. He's he's saying it, and he's Labor. So why would I trust Labor? And then it's like, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> you kind of get to the point where who can you trust? Because well, if you're just going to liberals are saying, sport, yeah, 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 that's the thing, right? So like with the liberals, they might say, oh no, uh, Murdoch's not controlling us what do you mean it's 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 totally fine but then you know secretly that they want to say yes we're being held against our will right now and uh, And it's hard to call kevin rudd labor when he was assassinated by his own party like it's kind of like malcolm (laughs) turbul malcolm turbul was a liberal but he was fucking hated by the liberals (laughs) because of his beliefs and and i actually value that i think sincerity above Mm. all else is actually more Mm. important than being on a team i don't give a shit if you're on the team I give a shit if you're actually a human being with sincere beliefs that you're actually trying to make, you know, and you have principles, right? Like principles, what a thing. Mm. Um, and speaking of principles, mm. let's move on to this uh, topic. So there was uh, he, he's a little, I mean, I guess it's like a reoccurring segment of stories from the Twitterverse that I'm informed about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll do one better, Tales from the Tales from the Twitterverse. We need to get like a little sound drop for that. A little jingle going in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cook that up in post, maybe. Um, so, okay, so, like, there was this big story, right? Obviously, US election, heating up. Um, debates happened. We can talk about that, too, if you like. Um, Trump got coronavirus, blah, blah, blah. All happened in the interim. Um, but just recently, this week, right, um, there was a story that was put out by the New York Post uh, that alleged that Hunter Biden 
one of Joe Biden's sons, um, who was a drug addict, who was a uh, coked out playboy, um, kind of like, uh, you know, one of these princes born in the, uh, the higher classes and just decides to uh, nihilistically and hedonistically uh, pursue every sense pleasure until they just <laughs> explode. I don't know. Um, but that's essentially what this guy looks like. And, you know, it's come out that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's come out that and it's actually quite, kind of dubious, right? That the the the, what, the story that's told is that a laptop was dropped off at a technician, uh, and this laptop apparently belonged to Hunter Biden. The technician gave the laptop to the FBI, but not before making a copy for himself of, of the, like the emails and things like that. And then the the technician gave that information to Rudy Giuliani's lawyer, who is of course the lawyer for the president of the United States, Donald Trump. And then the story comes out that Hunter Biden has been paid off by the Ukraine, uh, an energy company in the Ukraine that he was on the board of. And it's alleged that he was only on that board because of his connection to Biden being the vice president at that time. So he had political power. And also getting money from China, getting money from certain aspects of, I think, the CCP. Um, I haven't actually looked into that, so I shouldn't, I shouldn't be too... Uh, uh, clear on that look it up for yourself i'm not talking about the story specifically what i want to talk about with you is the fact that when this story was published and you tried to tweet it or you tried to directly message someone on twitter this the, the link it blocked you from posting it so it, so you would you would like put out a tweet oh check out this story what a bombshell and this is in the midst of a an election that's really important right like like this is this, this was to be a crucial story in the heat of an election cycle um, as it's culminating. And so you go to post the story, oh, look at this bombshell, Hunter Biden, wow, crazy, right? You link the story, you hit send on the tweet, you get a notification that pops up and says, we cannot send your tweet at the moment because it contains a link that we deem incorrect, or I can't remember the specific wording, but that's essentially what happened. You could not post the link. And then you tried to directly message people on Twitter, you couldn't directly message people the link. And so they, this is like a, this is, this is essentially a crossing of the Rubicon, if you will, in terms of what social media is willing to do to police the information on its platform. And Facebook, I don't think Facebook blocked it explicitly, but they, they put a little like tag on it that said, probably misleading, probably false. Um, now, before I throw it to you, just to make it clear, it's come out now that that story about the technician and the dropping off the laptop is probably bogus. But the emails themselves are looking to be quite accurate, quite reliable. We don't know for a fact if the emails are true, but they look pretty solid. And in the emails, Hunter Biden's calling, you know, Joe Biden, I'll, I'll ring it up to big guy. I'll talk to big guy. Like he's referring to Joe Biden as the big guy, um, his dad. So... Look, those are very damning allegations. They're very significant in terms of corruption, in terms of, you know, the Biden family. But I actually want to talk about the, the really interesting part, which is that Twitter is now censoring uh, stories. They're censoring news stories, and you can't even post it. It's not even that you, you post it and you get, like, you know, you get, like, downplayed in the algorithm. You can't even post it. Um, and I feel like that was just a... I mean, people are getting quite amped up about it, and... Um, and Twitter have reversed their policy. They said, we're not going to do it again. I don't buy it, but it's just like that. It's interesting that they, they already took it to that next step um, and surprised a lot of people that they would they would take it this far. So I've hit you with uh, 
a bunch of stuff there. What do you, what do you, what's your reaction? Yeah, I, I, I can't help but think that, like, and question why Twitter would do that. Like, what, what would they get out of it? Um, you know, it's not like good they have their own agenda, right? And when it comes to the link and the emails, the scandal, uh, can't that just be shared elsewhere? Facebook, Reddit, uh, Instagram, I don't know. Um, but, you know, like, what is what is Twitter's plan here? Like, what's their strategy? Are they trying to push people away? You know what I mean? Like, right. the internet and especially Twitter is meant to be this free communicative service and platform where nothing is really off limits, even porn, right? And so... Even porn, yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, but they, I mean... It seems What's odd that? as well because they have been that <laughs> haven't they been I could be wrong but they have been threatening to ban Trump for some of the tweets he's been tweeting yes, yes. a lot of his fake they've news. been marking his tweets right they've been marking his tweets where he says like um I don't know, uh, burn down Michigan or whatever, whatever he said about Michigan. Um, and he's like, contains uh, misleading information. Like, they would tag his tweets. Yeah. Um, and they would actually it. make it so you had to, like, pop it out. Like, they would they would hide it, and then you had to go, like, this contains sensitive information. You have to go view. Um, so, that, yeah, they, that's right. And, and this is a, another chapter in a story <laughs> that's been alleged for a long time, which is that Twitter has a conservative, uh, or rather a liberal bias against conservatives. Um, in that American context of, of politics, conservative being the Republicans. Um, so, yeah, and it's interesting to contrast this with a story that came out about Trump. That was apparently from Russian sources, as is alleged that this one is, um, about the Steele dossier. Do you remember that one? Where uh, it was alleged, and it was published by, I believe, BuzzFeed, of all places, um, it was alleged that Donald Trump had been in some Russian hotel room and he was getting pissed on by some hookers. Um, and this all came out and every news organization reported it as if it was gospel, right? There was only a few that said maybe there's some gaps in this story that don't add up. And of course, in retrospect, we've discovered that story is completely bogus. Um, I think there was even like a, a funny exchange between Melania and him. Apparently Melania was like, is this true? Is this true, Donald Trump? You're get too pissed on. Like, but no, apparently like, no, it's not true. And... But Facebook and Twitter did fuck all to police that story, even though it was obviously lacking a lot of key facts. So that, so as you said, they are turning people away because people see the double standard. If you're going to say, "Oh, well, we need to police misinformation. This story could be false. We don't want to. We don't want to upset the Bidens. Like it could be false." It's like you have not applied that standard to the president of the United States for four years. So how is that at all? Your, your rationale. You could say that, but no one's going to believe that. And the reason why I say I don't believe Twitter when they say that they've changed their policy, Jack, the CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, came out and said, we are going to change the policy. That was totally unreasonable. I don't buy it for a second because the way these social media companies operate is that they say one thing and then behind the scenes in the code that they control, they just do whatever the fuck they want. So what I think is going to happen now is instead of having a pop-up notification saying, you can't post this story, get fucked, it's going to be like, you can post it, but we'll just shadow ban you and no one's going to see it. <laughs> and, you, and you have yeah. no idea. That's what's going to happen next. <laughs> um, and it's already uh, like And then that. You'll, wonder, you'll wonder why your tweet didn't get any uh, traction. 
<laughs> Any must response? be a mystery. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's like, <laughs> oh, my tweet about uh, Trump being a Nazi gets 10,000 likes. But if I say one thing about <laughs> Biden being corrupt, oh, no, yeah, no one's paying attention. What a surprise. Um, uh, it's this explicit partisanship that people don't... Yeah. And, and rightfully don't tolerate. Like, and, and, and again, I want to get your take on this because... Um, we haven't really talked about the explicit side of this, which keeps coming back up every time an instance of free speech is, is in, infringed upon. But it's brought up this whole debate again. Is this a platform or is this a publisher? If it's a publisher, yeah. you can control the editorial content. You can do that. But you've insisted this the in whole time. You've insisted you're a platform. You're not a publisher. And you are a platform. You're a digital public square. But if I'm in the digital public square and I go, hey, I've got something to say, and you go, you can't post this right now. It's like, <laughs> you're, you're a publisher now. So now, now you're accountable. Now you have to be accountable because you cannot, you can't have it both ways. You can't have, yes, right? So what, what do you think about that? Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Like as soon as they've started to take any action to try to curb what people are saying to, yeah, really monitor and manipulate the information that gets out there. Yeah. I mean, as soon as they've started that, they've really just dug themselves into a hole because uh, now they need to be consistent with what they do. Um, and, yeah, it's just no one wanted them to do that in the first place. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> uh, everyone, no one went to Twitter and was like, uh, I'm going to make an account so that I can fall in line with what they want me to do talk about yeah. or <laughs> yeah yeah if this was uh, a telltale game it would be in the top right corner nobody yeah. wanted that <laughs> nobody wanted that yeah. nobody wanted that yeah yeah i don't know it's just it's another thing that's well, like well, again but it's like there is a tension here I, let me let me do a little yeah. devil's advocacy there is a tension of course there is a tension and it needs to be understood these companies have a like crazy um problem on their hands which is that there are, you know, take Facebook, I believe, is, is the best example. There are people uploading, take the worst example you can imagine, nude pictures of children, right, in the DMs. Now, it's up to Facebook to police that. But in, in policing that, they have to design algorithms which inherently pick out things which are, you know, I think uh, the exact case was there's this infamous picture of, um, I, be um, I believe it's Hiroshima. It wasn't a, oh, okay. Yeah. It wasn't the blue and black dress. Not the <laughs> no, not the uh, the uh, tragedy of, of the uh, the white and gold, white and gold. Uh, um, uh, your fucking your white little, and gold. Your little it? Yanny over there with your laurel. Um, no, <laughs> um, no. There's this infamous picture of I think it's Hiroshima of this naked girl crying and and running away. I I, I think it's Hiroshima. Or it might be Vietnam. Yeah. No, um, it's Vietnam, right? It is Vietnam. Why did I say that? Uh, cut. There's this infamous picture from Vietnam. <laughs> this girl uh running away and and facebook actually the algorithm that was designed to find nude pictures of children marked that out as being like uh and and censored it and then of course people are like why are you censoring history what <laughs> like what's going on but so that's the problem is that they have to do something and in doing something they they just they go over they overreach and so you know you have to ask the question should twitter facebook should they have a YouTube for that matter? Do they have a responsibility to police misinformation? If they do, who judges what is misinformation? It's kind of like the the Watchmen, right? Who watches the Watchmen at the end of the day? Who de yeah, who decides yeah. what is misinformation? That seems to be the the real question. Because I well, can we say, know who, 
you know... We, we know who governs the government, you know. That, that's Murdoch, so... <laughs> yeah, that's that, it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Like, uh, there needs to be some sort of uh, checks and balances, right? So that yeah. And, and accountability so that there's not anarchy in the streets when people are trying to tear down 5G towers because they believe that it's creating the coronavirus or it's spreading right. it or something. So, Well, well it's like... Uh, like Jerry yeah, because it's point. happening on that platform. It's right. happening on their platform, right? So they have a responsibility. No, I understand that, yeah. Well, well yeah. they so they do, but, you know, and Joe Rogan makes this point, I think, the best when he says, well, what about televangelists? Right? Like, te- we don't... I'm like if someone pops up yeah. on my TV at 3 a.m. at night and starts telling me about how I need to give him money <laughs> to to help Jesus or some shit. If I do that, that's my choice. And it's like, in in some ways, why are you trying to stop dumb people from doing dumb shit? It's like that there, there there is a sense in which um, I I hate the paternal aspect of the of the censorship. Like on some level, you need to accept that people will believe that 5G causes COVID. And it's like, if your 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 instinct to ban that w- won't fix the problem. <laughs> it actually it actually makes people more zealous and uh, committed to their absurd belief because they think now that they're being hunted for their truth that they've discovered, right? Like they, they think, oh, it's really yeah. it's 5G and they're, and they're yeah. coming up. Like, yeah. That's <laughs> true. And look, uh, it... We don't want the internet to be a place where it's like there's no joking whatsoever. Oh, because like, yeah, hundred percent right. What's inf- misinformation? Well, most jokes are kind of misinformation, yeah, right? Yeah. And so, does that mean the algorithm's going to pick that up and chuck that out the window and ban everyone for sending memes? Uh, so there needs to be some sort of a balance stri- uh, strucken, stricken, strucken, stricken. Well, it's like, yeah, I guess it's like if I were to really go tinfoil and go full all the way, it's like, where does that head? Where does that go? It's like, I I actually like Jack Dorsey. I think, like, from what I've seen of him, he seems authentic, but he is one man at the head of a fucking leviathan that is, like, is he's not in control, as far as I can tell. He's just not in control, because he said that he does value free speech. He does, he does fall on the side of everyone should be allowed to speak. Um, that's his, that's his ideology. And I believe him. I actually think he's authentic, but because he meditates, he's like, he seems like a, he seems like a chill grounded dude. But at the end of the day, um, he's running a company where the censorship or the, what do they call it? The trust and safety council, um, is making decisions that are just so egregious. And where does that go? Well, what if I, as you say, what if I make a racy, edgy tweet and I'm, and then what? Do I get a knock on the door? Report to the Ministry for Diversity and Inclusion for re- retraining because your internet has been suspended for three days. Please report to the... <laughs> uh, like, it's like, what? where does that go? It's like, what, what are you doing? Concentration you... camps. That's where it goes. I mean, yeah, it's like... I mean, discon- disconcentration. I mean, given how little these things care about our attention, uh, right? Like, that's the thing as well. Like, we know that these companies have operated so cynically with respect to yeah. our attention, with respect to the advertising model. How can we trust them to, uh, you know, rationally yeah. shepherd our information? And, and f- like, they, they say that they care about, like, a public square that's functional and, and, and has diversity of ideas, but it's, like, every move that they make, it's, like... It goes in the direction, as you say, of like Orwellian uh, 
you know say yeah. say what we want you to say kind of thing and it's like yeah this is not what the internet was for and it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna make it into that uh yeah it's like we've lost we've lost so much about what the internet was originally about which was just anyone could say whatever they want and and there should be no punishments i mean we're kind of seeing this uh happen with uh playstation 5 i mean this is something interesting to transition to um apparently in playstation 5 if you're in a party chat you can actually record someone um oh, talking to you so if your friend's it's, being a little it's ps4 edgy, it's ps4 right now with the new update Right, but you can't record from PS4, right? Like, you have to be on PS5 to record the party chat. And they're saying uh, that they've implemented maybe. that feature because people are going to be reporting people based on what they say in voice chat. So imagine you were just on the phone with a buddy and you said something a little bit edgy and they're like, I don't like how you said that, Jamin. I want to report you to Sony. <laughs> I've, I've, just reported, I've just recorded you saying the N-word. I want to report that to daddy sony and you're going to get better like do we all just stay in kindergarten forever where we have teacher to tell on like do we never become adults and and deal with problems person to person it's like that's what we're being trained to do is always find an authority figure never just sort it out with the person never just coexist and yeah. learn to live it's like it's so i think it's so bad like the way that that's trending so i don't know what do you think about the ps5 yeah. like, doing the voice recording reporting now what the fuck's going on there <laughs> seems weird, especially since it's in party chat, like you'd yeah. be with friends and then what? Yeah, you can't figure it out. you got to call in the the teacher, right? Like like what you're saying. It's like, uh, can't sort it out. <laughs> and yeah, what, out it's do, what, what it's doing, <laughs> she would be like, uh, come on, guys. Really? You're fighting over what? You said, what about your mum? <laughs> um, <laughs> No, what it's doing is, yeah, what you're saying, it's like it's teaching us to not be able to sort out our own problems and um, and to and to play victim yeah. and to like seek seek the victim in every scenario, yeah. right? Like, and with that, you lose a lot of authenticity and just human connection. Yeah, humanity. You lose it all. Right. Yeah. Um, look, I think a lot of this is just. Yeah, there needs to be some sort of balance uh, because, like, going too far one way, you're going to pry on the fact that humans are very gullible and <laughs> will believe whatever they're told, especially if it's in an echo chamber, which the internet is likely to yeah. provide for people. But then the other side is like, well can't we just like why do we need so much control over us well it's because there could be anarchy in the streets so that's why and it's, it just seems to be some some sort of a uh a, a prepubescent st stage of like figuring out what is the right way to go about it especially with the the recent history of the internet in comparison to the entire history of human human civilization it's like uh you know it's like that and that's partly why the the social dilemma is on netflix and why it exists and why um people can't be trusted but then yeah that you you can't trust the companies that 
brought that into existence in the first place because, hey, guess what? They're playing the game of capitalism as well. Right. Right. So they want to maximize screen time for you. They yes. want to maximize and again, notifications. And, as you say, that's another uh, symptom of the the, the externality uh, of um, the the model that they've adopted. Yeah, the ad model. That's an it's an externality in that it doesn't value that human attention might want to be used on other things, or that there's something unethical about co-opting people's attention with, you know. Uh, slot machine tactics right like uh, whatever you want to call yeah. that um there was a reason why subliminal messaging was banned from cinemas when it first started it was because True. we we agree that advertisers should not have access to our subconscious now that is a norm which has changed <laughs> clearly um where all advertising is subconscious <laughs> um <laughs> and as you say that that is again another symptom of the inability to see the externality of the external cost of this this way of making money and it should be you know clear as well twitter doesn't even make money it's like an it's it always runs at a loss um because it like the server maintenance and all that shit and all the employees um it runs at a loss almost i think every you know uh financial cycle and so you know it's just like I guess the idea is is that, you know, if you had a, a real, like, libertarian mindset, your idea is just make your own Twitter, right? Do do it on your own, right? If you want it so badly, do it on your own. And there are, there are you know, websites which have tried to do that, like Gab uh, is, is one. Um, I guess 4chan is another example of, like, <laughs> you, if you just want Wild West, you know, that's where you go. But, you know, the idea that we can't have the most popular digital public squares for discussion and news sharing, the idea that we can't have them be just open and free to share information, it's a very dangerous thing. And we saw this with COVID. We saw how the mask propaganda about how they don't work was not even, like, policed at all, right? It was just reported. Or or how about... How about all of January when every news organization was saying it's just a flu, don't worry? Was that misinformation policed? It's like, no, it wasn't. So if you want to have the rights of a publisher to discriminate what information and content gets shared on your platform, you better fucking wield that power very carefully. And you better be aware that if you employ that power in a political direction, then people will be fucking worried like people especially in in these liberal democracies that we're fortunate to live in our our history our politics is one of getting together and talking and if we can't do that the whole thing fucking breaks down so like that's that's really the yeah. problem and luckily for us we can still do that in australia we're not as polarized but you're clearly seeing it over there like whatever's going to happen in this election cycle maybe we'll end on like a little uh premonition here but whatever's going to happen it doesn't look good like both sides hate each other to the extent that like they're talking about like seceding like certain states are like going to be like peacing out um so what do you think about like you know where this all leads us this this information economy that we're in with murdoch and twitter and all that nonsense i mean where are we here where, like what do you <laughs> see is going to happen in this uh this next uh wrapping up of 2020 the, the perfect year it's been so far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the year the year we uh, <laughs> did not deserve or needed. Um, 
Yeah. Look, you know, we're expressing expressing a lot of deep concerns, you know, especially with um, uh, the way <laughs> we can easily be manipulated, um, and the fact that you know you look at recent history, and you'll find that the the trend is showing that more people are be- becoming more polarized. You know, yep. we are splitting one way or the other a lot more oh, extremely. You know what? Uh, sorry to cut yeah. you off, but there was a yeah, yeah. very alarming statistic where it actually showed, and this is a, this is in America, from 2017, the amount of people who say violence is acceptable um, for your political side went up from, I think, like 2% to now in 2020 to something like 25 percent yeah like that's yeah. how quickly it's, that- it's happened it's happened so fast since 2016 undoubtedly because of the <laughs> president of course but also other things like like media lies partial truths um all that stuff right so yeah i just wanted to throw that in because that's a statistic that really shows we're not we're not imagining any of this like this is and people aren't people aren't scared for no reason people aren't scared of uh, Twitter's partisanship for no reason. We, we we can we can see where this is going, and and if you you know you keep kicking people down, you're just gonna make them more fucking you know irrational, more absurd, more mm. deeply entrenched in their emotional reactivity. You know. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. It's a, that's the trend I'm talking about. It's right. like, yeah, it's uh, it is concerning for sure, and. I don't think, like, until we kind of, like, wake up as a society and, like, take things into our own hands uh, and start to live our own lives, like, we can really see any real change. And, um, you know, I think what you touched on before with um, casting our minds back to January and February, where the the newspapers, the (laughs) the headlines were all saying, yeah, don't worry about it, it's a flu. Um, (laughs) There's been a SARS-CoV-1 and... None of us got it, so yeah. the people who got it died and the, the virus died. So this will be the same thing. And so oh, for them to be so definitive about that really shows the power that they have and, yeah, the misinformation well, that they spread. Well, they're just human beings, aren't they? Like, they're just, they're just human beings. Well, right, but 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 maybe, maybe be more human about it and maybe right. ag- accept and admit our shortcomings and yes. our... Our lack of knowledge. What are the unknowns? And, yes. Exactly, right. Yeah. And it's I a, think, you know, from this yeah. point onward, from this point onward, we should see that. We should right. question that. Because if, if we do remember January and February and um, and how the Chinese were buying our mask, masks back and uh, reselling it to us, like, we should be more alert and aware that the great people of the CCP. The CCP. You cheeky buggers. We're on to you. We're on to you. We love you. Yeah, well, that's it. But we're on to you. That's exactly it. Um, but, but you know what that does to the media companies, to Murdoch and everything? Right. It just makes them more scared. Right. And it makes them uh, scared that other people are waking up to the fact that they do have a lot of power. And especially this Royal Commission, you know? Yeah. Um, it's a big thing to call. Uh, yeah. It's... It seems like it's going in the wrong direction, in a direction of anarchy, but I think it's really just the it's the darkest before the dawn. Right. Yeah. Know? I'm not sure if it's going. There's towards, still hope. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, it, it's hard to tell, right? But it's certainly we're still, like, adapting to this technology. Like, we're not... We haven't figured out how to how to do the mm. digital public square in a way that actually works. We certainly haven't figured that. Well, I would argue we, we did figure that out, but then we ruined it with algorithms. And like, I, I, I still think the model of just follow who you want to follow and then mm. show me a timeline from most recent to least recent, that's all I need. I don't need you to like predict what I'm going to yeah. like and then show me something that's going to make me angry. Just no, just let me follow who I'm going to follow. That's it. That's all I need. Like, but apparently no YouTube needs to unsubscribe you from people that they don't like and and only push See, it, it, and it's it's like the algorithms that are really that are really screwing us. It's like they they um you know, I guess in some ways people want to say, well, no, if you just watch puppy videos, it's just going to give you puppy videos. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like, yeah, I guess maybe. But like in some ways you want your, and Tristan Harris talks about this, you want your technology to work for you. So when I go onto YouTube, maybe to look up a video for my essay that I'm writing, I don't want to open up YouTube and be bombarded with a bunch of distractions, right? That I'm just going to yeah, yeah. start clicking on stuff. I want, I want YouTube to know, hey, I'm doing an essay right now. Maybe I shouldn't show him a bunch of, uh, you know, whatever podcasts that he's going to want to watch. Or like, I'm not going to show him his favorite episode of This Is Just Out. I'm I'm going to click on YouTube Work Mode, and it's going to be yeah. very it's going to be very basic, and it's going to only search for what I want to search for. Stuff like that would be cra- would be incredibly useful. What if what if I went on yeah. Twitter and I ticked a box that said uh, something like you know only no fact based. <laughs> Nothing yeah, no politics today. or like only fact-based <laughs> stories, please. Or uh, but then again, oh like, yeah, like verified something verified, all the verified right. posts or something. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. But then, uh, then again, it raises the question: right. who's in charge of that? Um, <laughs> I was, I was uh, finding myself arriving there of like, well, who decides what's factual? Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's the internet police. <laughs> it's it's the DMT aliens. They got to come over and tell us what's going on. The purple bees, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the purple bees. Uh, yeah, uh, I had something to say. I, I totally forgot. I think it's um, yeah. There was something I saw recently. I was like, this this would work. Relating to purple cosmic beings, or no, no <laughs> the DMT <laughs> aliens. <laughs> yeah, it's like the algorithm. The most yeah, most recent it should work for you. Um, well, it's also just being more open about the what the algorithm's doing like i feel like the problem is as well is that it's like a black box like we're all in the dark and and it feels like we're being programmed right that's what people don't like like people people should have transparency as to what they're being shown like how how is it generating this like can i know or is it just do i just have to be in the dark the whole time right well okay so one way to one way to see it uh for yourself is yeah watch puppy videos on youtube and you'll be bombarded with that's the entirety of your recommendations but you you can never get away from the breaking news that's always going to be there right and so that might always that there's always potential to suck you into the vortex of like misery and and darkness right yeah and so especially with sky news and so um <laughs> uh on the on the most recent podcast of uh, duncan trussell's you know he's talking to sharon salzberg and he's talking about doom scrollers and what might the opposite of that be uh and i came up with joy mining i love that i love that so much because yeah. if you if you even just like bring your attention to oh doom scroll or what's that if you have no idea what that is 
maybe you are one. Who knows? It's it's someone who like it. actively seeks out yeah. the the fear of uh, and the <laughs> and the concern in the world, right? Yeah. And whilst omitting and completely sh- like turning off your eyes to the joyful things there yeah. too, right? So you know, it's always good to follow dad jokes on Reddit and wholesome memes and uh, right. and and you know self improvement. Uh, things on YouTube, I think, have a really good suite of that sort of stuff. So it's not all bad. And, and you know, it can be misconstrued in the sense where we're saying all the internet is bad. It's just it has a huge potential to suck you into becoming a doom right. scroller and getting you high off fear, right? Like yeah. getting you... That, um, that's the problem yes. with um, the, the algorithms in their current state is that they're too dumb. Like they, they, they yeah. only know how to facilitate, as you say, fear and outrage and it's like it's a small segment of people too it's the QAnons mm. right the people that go deep and they just they just go fucking anti-vax they go so mm. deep into a topic that they lose any sense of what is true flat earth is another good, good example I guess but you're absolutely right like uh, Lex Friedman who's an AI um, designer has talked about this and, and I actually like his solution part of the problem is that the algorithm doesn't know you it doesn't know what you want and so if you're able to tell the algorithm, hey, I don't want it, as you said, like, give me give me one positive news story for every three negative ones that you show me. If you were just able to tell the algorithm that, <laughs> then you yeah. then your doom scrolling is 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 uh, interrupted by, hey, uh, you know, um, Saudi Arabia is letting women drive. <laughs> great yeah that's a good one like you know keep going right? or or um, just even like a simple story of like yeah. no deaths in baltimore today um right i no think it would deaths. go a long way <laughs> i think it would and, and yeah. covid aside covid aside it's no, just like right, you know you're, right. you're absolutely um right. yeah and you know like it yeah it's just important because the thing is it seems like it's mimicking what uh the news uh found success in and the news yeah. found success in alarming and disturbing headlines. You know, yeah. man bites dog. Yeah, that's a news. Or story. the other way around. No, no, that's right. That's right. Dog bites man. Do- not a news story. Dog bites man bites dog. That and that's that's the uh, the mantra they give you. That's the mantra I got on day one of journalism. Um, but yep. you're absolutely right. Yep. That was the the Murdoch method of getting those getting those newspaper sales, getting those clicks. Fear. And anxiety. We, we hit those buttons, we get those clicks, baby. But the problem is, is that that's been fused with the algorithm which reinforces it. And it's kind of like, it's gone off the rails. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like uh, a train that's like gone off the track and it's just barreling through a field. And it's like, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. exponentially, they've reinforced each other so much that now all we ever see mm. is like the most alarming shit all the time. Um, and unless, as you say, unless so, you consciously go out of your way to seek yeah. out, you know, no deaths in, um, you know, as, that, that's the other thing as well, is that the news has a negativity bias. It's like, as you oh, say, yeah. it's, it's um, you know, no people dying in your local area today is not a story, but 500 dead in bus crash or something like that's a story, <laughs> but it's horrible. It's horrific. You don't want to know that, but... Um, you know, so, the, the, so who do we have to blame? Though? Is like um, you don't hear about all of the people who were lifted out of extreme poverty yes. today, right? Yeah. Whereas if you just had a running total at the top of your Twitter feed, hey, a hundred people were out were lifted out of extreme poverty today. Isn't that great? Like that would be, that would be great, right? Like little stuff like that, I suppose as well. In um, 
so yeah so who do we have who do we have to blame with this so it is the algorithm it is capitalism it is you know the companies but it's also us right so <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. human nature I'll take it. and even though you might be just fresh on the internet today you know like yeah. i've just turned 13 my, my parents have <laughs> finally allowed me a youtube account or something like yeah. that right yeah, 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 and yeah. so now everything is uh, starting to be catered towards you and right off the bat you're at a disadvantage like uh, based on historically speaking the the rest of the internet population since its beginning has really just molded the way algorithms will work and will be able to present to you things that should titillate you in a way that makes you scared I and mean, makes you interested and concerned. If you're 13, I think it's mostly titillation, I'm assuming. If you're, yeah. if you're a 13-year-old boy, I assume that's mostly what's, what's popping up. Just be real. That's what boys are doing. Yep. <laughs> until, until the breaking news comes out, then you start going down that wormhole of like, oh my God, the world's on fire. <laughs> the apocalypse is coming. Well, that's, that's the other thing too, is like, you know, when we were, because we had a, a life before the internet blew up, it's like, most people don't... When news was print, just just print, I mean, you didn't have to read it. Like, it's, it's just like news is so infused <laughs> in, our, in our social information. It's like, you can't escape it. It's like, I mean, it used to be the case that if you just didn't care about the news, you just didn't have to read it. You just didn't have to consume it. But you're right, where it's just everywhere. You're like, there's no escape at all. And... Yeah, if you want to be the kind of person that just lives in the real world and doesn't let, you know, just uh, a media company tell you what's going on. Just, you know, you want to just be like, I'm just going to, you know, not get upset about what's happening in China. Let me just fucking stare out my window and go from there, uh, which, is, which, yeah, is, right. which is a fine thing to do in today's age, I think. No. Um, it's a good strategy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like Good anti-chaotic mindset. Because it's gotten so strategy. crazy, hasn't it? Like... It's like, like like that that might be your only option, and you know we've talked about it on this show before how like, these detoxes are pretty helpful. If you go if you are in a state of like feeling as if it, the world is gone to hell, um, it's probably nice to just put down the the black void, the black rectangle, and just the black mirror. <laughs> the, yeah, oh, yeah, that's it. And and just and just be in the world. Say hello to the, you know your family. Like just do just do the basics to remind yourself that. Yeah, your world isn't crumbling around you. It's like maybe there's stuff going mm. on, but there's always stuff right. going on. It's like why would there be, right? It cultivates that victim mindset again, right? Like if you yeah, feel like bit. you're becoming a victim of of the world, uh, maybe take that as a sign that you've lost control of your life. You've lost control of your awareness and your attention, and you need to bring that back. But right. But this is a very, uh, when you, a very when modern you're, problem, right? Like, it's like... No, oh, no, 100%. Yeah. It definitely is. It definitely <laughs> is. Uh, like I was just saying, the internet is just so recent in yeah. human history that, you know, I'm, I'm reading Sapiens by uh, Yuval Noah Harari, and uh, it's, it, it talks about how uh, only a few hundred years ago, when we saw a map that wasn't complete, it gave us so much inspiration to go and fill that out. What is beyond that? What is there? But now that we know everything, no, you know, no island on on Earth has been uncharted. 
uh, for the most part. For the most part. Uh, and, and we have a very highly detailed version of our map. There's a sense in which there's nothing left for us to do. And then we went to the moon. And now <laughs> we're planning on going to, Mar- to going to Mars, you know, 50 years later. It's like these things seem out of reach for the normal person. Um, but it is, you know, we are focusing on it, but we lose sight of it. It's in the back of our mind. We are still exploring. We are still coming back to human nature. And that's what that is, you know, just still, uh, discovering where the human limitation lies. Right. Right. And, and when we, when we get this, when that isn't present and we get distracted by, terror terror on the news and yeah. terror on your black mirrors um that's what is absorbing a lot of our attention and that's what is having this impact on a on our psyches on our collective psyches not, we have no integrity <laughs> we've got no spotify coming We're after us about that. yeah no spotify deal <laughs> uh, okay good shit that'll do it good shit <laughs> Hope you enjoyed another episode of the Mate Dates podcast. Uh, and I guess, uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next one, hey? Yeah. Yeah. Later, alligator. Why not? <laughs> <laughs>